2 Corinthians. I do know tonight that we are in the latter times. Things are looking bad from every angle of the Scriptures. And I'm not talking about tonight in my life. I'm talking about that's a good thing. Thank God what's in my heart. I've got victory over all those things. And I'm not worried about the things as some of the people are in the world. Uh, because greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. And the victory has been won for the saints of God. Amen. I'm trusting Calvary, trusting Christ, trusting the blood. And I thank God for the mercy. So we're turning tonight into 2 Corinthians. I said this morning I'm going to talk about uh, who's in charge tonight. And uh, I, you said, well, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the world and the things and the situations. And uh, I don't know what you think. And you said, well, God's in charge. We're going to talk about uh, this, the situation tonight. And we're going to look at the world and the, and the things that it does and what's happened and the, all the decisions that are made. And you see things tonight in the politics and the politics are, you know, uh, in a mess. Somebody told me one time, said, you know what poly is, don't it? It's many. You know what a tick is, don't you? Well, there's many ticks. Amen. Politics is just those that suck the blood out of the... So I'll get out of politics and we'll get into the Word of God. That comforts me every time. I get upset and mad at politics, but the Word of God helps me. I have to go to the Word of God to get politics out of me. Amen. So I can think right, talk right, live right. Amen. All right, in Second Chronicle uh, Corinthians tonight, and verse number three, we're going to look at this tonight, or chapter four, excuse me, chapter four of the book of Second Corinthians, and we see verse number three. But if our gospel be hid, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Amen. They don't know. Amen. It's hard to win the loss today. Yeah, Talked to somebody yesterday and I said back when, when I was just young and preaching, I could uh, go out, witness to people and win some when I go out and knock on doors. There was times when I've won uh, uh, some on the street preaching. I've won them in the jail. And I remember one service or one church I pastored for 13 services in a row. 13 services in a row we preached and somebody got saved every single service. Sometimes three or four. You don't have that much anymore. People don't want to hear. Matter of fact, what I have a problem with is everybody's saved. You can't get them lost to get them saved. Amen. Uh, some of the, I, I watched the obituaries. I'm not excited about it. Except when I find my name's not there. So anyhow, looking at the obituaries, I know some that's died and I know their lifestyle. And unless they got things straightened out in the last few uh, days of their living upon this earth, they're in hell. But uh, they, everybody I read on there, I hadn't yet said that I didn't serve God, I didn't love God, and I'm in, I've, I've gone to hell because their family's writing it. Amen. And everybody knows God. And they, you read what the, uh, you know, they love to hunt, they love to fish, they love to uh, run old cars, they like to do it, and that's their hobbies. And they are of the Baptist faith, or they are of some other kind of faith. Now, listen, 
Uh, I tell you, my hobby is preaching. My job is preaching. My life is preaching. And don't put anything else in there when I'm gone. Praise God. I've lived for God and I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you, amen. Don't lie on me. You can lie on me now, but don't lie on me then. Amen. Tell the truth when I die. All right. Second Corinthians, but if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost in whom? The God of this world. Do you know who that is? The devil. Satan. Lucifer. Slewfoot. The dragon. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts, glory to God for that, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And I love this verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Our Father, we thank you tonight for the privilege of prayer. Lord, give us wisdom and understanding. Help us to rightly divide the word of God. Lord, help us to back off of saying anything, Lord, that we uh, want to insert. But I pray tonight, God, that you direct our thoughts, our minds, our hearts, and Lord, not only that, but I pray, God, you'd give us open hearts to receive what you send for tonight. We'll give you the glory, the praise, and the honor for that. Have your own way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, we're going to use our Bibles. We've got a lot of scriptures you want to look to tonight. First of all, I want to point out in verse number 4 that the God of this world, amen, hath blinded the minds of them. And so the devil is in charge in certain places. Let me just go on record to say tonight, God's in charge completely. Now, I'm going to show you some things tonight, and uh, we're going to see if, if God's in charge, why ain't things better than they are? You said if God's in charge, He's doing a poor job. But I'm going to tell you this tonight. God sets things down and raises things up. God puts people in power, and God takes out people. Amen. And I said this morning, Netanyahu is going to be the new prime minister. I believe God took him out and let something take place with Lapid, with all that's going on, and now he's going to put him back to re go back and do the thing. It has to feel, fulfill the Scriptures. Now you say what? Well, we'll talk about that. Not tonight. I don't have time. The problem is I, don't, I never get through with what I start. And somebody said, well, you just wouldn't preach the whole Bible at one time. You'd be all right. But there's so much... We have to get. And we don't want to try to convey that over to you. But I want to say God stops or controls everything that's going on. The devil can't do any more to me than God would allow him to do. God uh, will protect you the same way. And the devil can't do no more than God would allow him to do tonight to you personally. But there's things going on tonight that God steps back to the side and lets it happen because they have refused his son. And so we're going to look at some of these tonight. I want you to uh, see our problems. The problem is tonight, one of the problems is, that we as God's people don't understand our enemy. And if we don't know who our enemy is, and we don't know where he's at, 
then we get uh, in trouble. That's why our churches are dead and cold. That's why people don't get saved. We don't recognize the enemy. We don't know who we're fighting against. You said, oh, preacher, we're not to fight. Oh, yes, we're to fight against evil. I'll tell you tonight, and I'm not talking about uh, knuckles and fists and all that. God's people don't fight that way. The weapons, are, our, our carnal weapons of warfare, I mean, they're carnal. And they, they're not going to help us. We don't accomplish nothing trying to fight somebody. Amen. Uh, we tonight are to do it in prayer. Now let's go to Ephesians chapter number uh, 5, or chapter number 6. And I want to read a verse there. We'll be back and forth on this verse. But I'll look at some things tonight. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 12. Verse number 12, Ephesians. Here's exactly where the United States of America is. Here's where the world is tonight. Here's why the devil is in, seems to be in control. Wouldn't you say tonight uh, from the top of your head and with your eyeballs and seeing what you see, that it sure appears like the devil is in full control. Would you say that? I will. I'll step out and tell you that quickly. So I look at this tonight in verse number 12. He said, for we wrestle. Matter of fact, we do more than wrestle. We're fighting. And that's why he tells us, put on the whole armor of God. He said, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. In other words, we're not fighting each other. Sometimes we are because the devil puts us into that mode. But I'm saying to you, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Can you see principalities? Can you see them? No, you just, you figure they're there. I, I, I remember this back yonder years ago when I just a very, very young preacher. Me and another very, very young preacher got us a, a little prayer room or a prayer place across the hill from where he lived. And every afternoon when I get off the job, I'd come over to his house and uh, we'd go down in the field, cross over some barbed wire and uh, in the fence right before dark and walk on down the hill and over another hill. And I had a lot more energy than I got now. And we'd get over there and we had a little tree and we got under that old tree and every night we'd pray. It'd get dark on us and we'd pray. We'd pray. And we could feel the presence and power of God. But there's one particular night that we went over there. And while we were praying, I couldn't seem to get a prayer above my head. I'd pray and I'd pray, and a few minutes I'd just stop, and I said, Brother, are you having problems praying? He said, I sure am. He said, I feel the powers of darkness. I said, so do I. And then we got down again and prayed and prayed. You talk about praying. We got down to business, and God come down upon us, and we felt the presence of God, and we got to shouting for a little while. Amen. And we got in touch with God. Now I want to tell you something. The powers of darkness can get around you like that. Amen. But he said, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness. Now he didn't say against the ruler. Did you see that? We said that the devil is the God of this age. But here it says against the rulers of this of the dark of the darkness that means there's more than one that means tonight when you see washington doing the things it's doing i want you to know they are puppets of the rulers of darkness they're 
led by somebody that's higher than them. Have you ever heard about uh, the cabal? You ever heard about, uh, uh, what is that? Uh, I'm trying to think of the name. I hadn't even thought about it in a long time. But it's the group, you know, the... Uh, well, yeah, that's on top of it. But I'm thinking about those that... It's on the eyeball of the dollar. Illuminati, there we are. I notice out we've had the trouble with that down through the years. What these people that's out there with put, pumping all this money in, those are the ones that are running it. Amen. Some of them are Jews, by the way. And they're ruling it against the people of God and the things of God. Now that are the rulers that's with Satan above us and people can't control that. You said, you scare me. No, I'm not scaring you. I'm just telling you, open your eyes. And it said, the rules of darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness. I thought anything spiritual has got to be right. I used to think that, didn't you? But it's not. Uh, the devil's spiritual. I'll show you that in just a little bit. I think I got it. I'll show it to you anyhow. But it said, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, I'm telling you tonight, we've got an enemy that we can't see. We've got an enemy that we can see the evidence of them. We've got an enemy tonight that's against you. We've got an enemy that's against God, mainly against God. And since they're against God, they're against you because you're for God. The Bible said if, if, you know, if we're against Him, they'd be against us. And we're there tonight. Now, I want you to go to another place in the Bible. I mentioned this the other day in a message. I want to come back and clarify it tonight. I want to go back to Revelation chapter 1. We're going to be all over our Bible tonight. In Revelation chapter number 1, we're going to see in chapter 1 and verse number 5. I want us to look at Revelation 1, 5. Many have missed this down through the years. Many preachers don't preach this. Many preachers don't understand it. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness. Would you say Jesus is a faithful witness? He's been steadfast with it. That's why He wants us to be faithful. He wants us to be a faithful witness. And the first begotten of the dead. That means He's the first one that ever walked out of the grave in His own power. He's the first begotten. Matter of fact, the Bible calls him the only begotten of God. And he's raised himself from the dead. Anybody else that gets raised from the dead is going to have to have Jesus do it. And then it said, and the prince of the kings of the earth. He didn't say he was a king. He said he's a prince of the kings of the earth. I've heard people say, I'm trusting King Jesus. I, I'm trusting the Lord. He's my king. Well, according to Revelation chapter 1 and verse number 5, he's not king yet. He is prince. A prince is a king in waiting. Amen. Or a prince is somebody waiting to get the king, however you want to put it. We've just seen that in our time. There was Prince Charles. You can't call him that now. He's King Charles. He waited his turn. Somebody said, I believe Jesus is king. They haven't crowned him king yet. I'm going to show you that. When he gets to be king, I want you to know God's platform in the future is not a socialist. 
God's platform in the future is not a democracy. I'm telling you tonight that God's uh, rule down the road is going to be a, a monarchy type. There's not going to be any other king but King Jesus. Amen. He's a prince tonight. He's not a king. When he's a king, it will be like he says it's going to be. And I want to look at this tonight. Now I want you to look with me in Daniel chapter 4. We're going to look and there's kings of the earth and they've been around for a long, long time. And we go to Daniel, which is a good uh, book for us to get in for prophecy. And I'm studying it on, on Wednesday nights and I've only got two or three messages on that yet. But in Daniel chapter 4, I want to show you some things tonight that ought to go right along with what I'm telling you. Now, we're, we're in bondage tonight to a certain degree. We've been set free by the grace of God. Hallelujah for that. I'm glad we're saved by God's grace. We've been uh, given life and life completely. In Daniel chapter 4, we want to read tonight uh, down, let's say, chapter 4, verse 16. Uh, Daniel chapter 4, verse 16. Let me see if I can find. All right, here he is. Verse 16 says, Let his heart, they're talking about Nebuchadnezzar, be changed from man's. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar had a problem that most Baptists have a problem with tonight. It's called pride. And let a beast heart be given unto him. And let seven times pass over him. That's seven years. But in verse 17, look at this. Here's what I want you to look at. This matter is by the decree of the watchers. Do you know who the watchers are? Who's the watchers? And it said, And the demand by the word of the holy ones, to the intent that the living may know that the Most High, that's God, ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will, and setteth up, over it the basest of men. What's it saying? It's saying tonight that God lets who He will rule. Yep. He takes them down and He sets them up. Yep. And He can put the basest in if He wants to. I believe that's what's happened to us in America. Yep. He's allowed them for some purposes. You said, why? You to fulfill the prophecy? No, because... It's for two reasons. God wants to get our attention that we have walked away from God. Our righteousness is not right. We've got a perverted look at what evil is. We're living in a time when evil is good and good is evil. And that's how it's being preached all up and down our country. Now, a, lot, a lot of people say, I don't like that. That's okay. I want you to know tonight that the matter of decree is by the watchers. They there's something above what's going on tonight that they're watching. And God will step in at certain times and say that's enough and deviate and work it off and go a different way. Now I want you to turn back to 2 Kings. I want to point out a few things about this tonight. Some situations. In 2 Kings, we're going to the book of 2 Kings chapter number 6. And we're going to look at chapter number 6 and we're going to go to verse number 13. We're talking about a spirit world tonight that the most folks don't know nothing about. 
There's an evil spirit world and there's a holy spirit world. There is a spirit world. You can't see spirits. My grandma and all them had always talked about uh, ghosts and all that. And I always taught my kids ain't nobody. Uh, the only ghost you believe in is the Holy Ghost. Amen. I taught them that. Amen. Ain't, didn't I teach you that, fellas? Amen. We don't, we don't go into to evil presence. We stay out of that. Amen. And we guard ourselves with the Holy Ghost of God. But look in chapter number 6 of 2 Kings, verse number 13. And it says here, and he said, this is Elijah and down at Dothan, go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, behold, he's in Dothan. They're looking for Elisha. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city about. Now here's a young fellow with Elisha. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early, and gone forth, behold, and host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. They were outnumbered. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? Now they're looking. And we'll look at here in verse 16, And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. But this fellow couldn't see them. We're compassed about. Amen. We are. The Bible said in verse 17, Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Even though tonight you can't see those that are on our side, they're there. Amen. I don't know why everybody's so fearful and worried and upset about everything that's going on in America. Amen. Uh, I, I made my camp some time ago down to the land of Goshen. You said, where's that? It's a little special place in Egypt. And all the plagues that came upon Egypt did not come upon the land of Goshen. God had a little special place for them. You said, use something special? All of God's people are special. If you're saved by the grace of God, you don't need nothing. It's like this morning. You don't have to see a fortune teller. You trust God. Okay. Now, I'm leading on up to this. Now we're going to go to the New Testament. We're going to come back and forth. A lot of scriptures. I want you to read it. We're looking now to see what God can do and what He does do. He's taking care of Do you know God knows what you're going to face next week? Why, if you know what you was going to face next week, you probably wouldn't go to bed tonight. Amen. Some of the stuff I faced down through the years, uh, I, would, I don't know where I'd even got into the ministry or not. Amen. I mean, I'm telling you. Uh, but God has always brought me through every single thing. Amen. I hadn't been defeated yet. I've been slapped around, kicked around, all that stuff talked about. They didn't say things that hurt you with their lips and tongue uh, more than people can with a physical stick or something. Amen. But I've come through every bit of that. I want to say thank God. Regardless of what happens tomorrow, God will be with me. So I'm trying to lay that out for you. Now look at Matthew 19. Matthew 19. We're going to see some things. We're going all about through the Bible. But the Bible says in Matthew 19, verse 27. 
19 and 27. We're going to read two verses. Verses 27 and 28. We'll read three, 29. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall, uh, what shall we have therefore? And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of His glory. Mark that. We want to talk about when He's on the throne of His glory. And He said, Ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes. Now He's talking to Peter. So He's talking to the little Jewish disciples. Twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone that hath forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, shall receive an hundredfold, and shall inherit everlasting life. He's talking to the disciples. And he's saying this, In that day, or in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit. Is he sitting on the throne of his glory tonight? No. Where is he? Okay, let's just keep our Bible handy. He's not on the throne of his glory yet. Now would you turn to Luke chapter 1. We're going to be using this quite often in the next few days when we have Christmas coming up. But I want you to go to Luke chapter number 1. When we get to chapter 1 of the book of Luke, we're going to go to verse number 26. And the Bible said, And in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Lazarus, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Now I skipped a bunch of stuff out of, out of the book of Isaiah just to save time that you know this was predicted. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. That's a good thing to have, isn't it? And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. Isaiah said to call him Emmanuel, which means God with him. But the angel told uh, in Matthew chapter 1 uh, to Joseph, you shall call his name Jesus. Jesus means Savior. Verse 32, he shall be great. Who? Jesus. And shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Has he ever sit on his father David's throne? This is future. This has not happened. It's going to happen. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. Reign means he's going to rule. He's a prince waiting to be king. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Right? Now we got that, hadn't we? So let's go a little bit further. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 25. Preacher, can't you get it closer than that? Just see, that's how the Lord wrote the Word. You know why He done that? So He could keep you moving in the Word of God and not get stale. He wanted to teach you something. 
Amen. I believe God put it all there for us. Matthew chapter 25. In Matthew chapter 25, we're going to look at verse number, uh, in, in the chapter number, uh, or verse number 31. Let's go to verse 31. The Bible said, When the Son of Man shall come in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the, what's those next four words? Throne of His glory. He's not there yet. And before Him shall be gathered all nations. Amen. All nations. They're going to gather before Him. Has all nations gathered before Him yet? Nope. And he shall separate them one from another. This is going to be the judgment of the nations. As a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on the right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king, then shall the king. He's not the king yet. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you for the found, from the foundation of the world. You got that? Now let's go to Mark chapter 16. Next book over. Mark chapter 16. We're going to look at 16 and verse 19. Chapter 16 and 19. Go to another phrase. The Bible said, So then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, He was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. Beloved, that's where He's at now. He's not on the throne as king. He's on the right hand of the Father in glory. You know what he's doing? He's making intercession for me and you. Amen. He's answering our prayers. He's comforting us. He's strengthening us. He's guiding us through the Word of God. And now let's go to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. This is important to get to the climax of the message tonight. Hebrews chapter 1. Verses 1, 2, and 3. I love these three verses. God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken unto us by His Son whom He hath appointed heir of all things by whom also He made the worlds. Verse 3, who be in the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person and upholding all things by the word of His power when He had by Himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Where is He tonight? Right hand. He's not on the throne of His glory. He's not king. Amen. You had not seen no word in the word of God. Where Jesus has been crowned king yet. He actually is the king because nothing can alter what God has already said. You got me? You can't alter that. Amen. He is king, but he's not the ruling king tonight. Amen. And when he gets to ruling, you'll know it. (laughs) Amen. That's exciting. Now let's go to the book of Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5. Amen. We're going back to the Old Testament a little bit. Acts chapter 5. said, preacher, you're just going too fast and going too long. No, I'm not. You're just too slow. Amen. You want, to, you want me to slow down and stay here for a while? Amen. I want you to get this. You can't get all this in just a minute or two. Acts chapter 5, verse 29 the Bible said, Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. 
the God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sin. You see that? God has made him prince. He's prince right now. He's a king in waiting. So that's coming. It's going to happen. And uh, then he said, And we are his witnesses of these things. And go so, and so is also the Holy Ghost whom God hath given to them that obey him. Now, I want us to uh, look at this. He's a prince of a, and, a, and a savior. He's going, but what's our job tonight? Preach the gospel. Amen. Preach the gospel. We preach the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. That's what our job is to do. Somebody said we're preaching the kingdom. No, we're not. We're preaching, we're preaching the grace of God. There will be a kingdom. We've got people all in this county right here don't know it, don't believe it. But they're going to see it if they know anything about God at all. Don't they'll go to hell and won't need to be around there. Amen. And I I ain't laughing about that, by the way. Now, we want to look at this. For the fighting of what we've got to put up with and all this, we need the armor of God. We've got to pray, pray, pray to keep the armor of God real. Amen. We realize today that we have a real God. There's a real Christ. There's a real salvation. There's an existing God. And we're not just having a mystical thing. That's what the world says. You know why they won't listen to us? They don't believe in creation of God. They believe in we just happened. A big old splatter. Amen. And uh, all that happened and uh, it evolved. And man come from monkey and everything else. Acts like them, but he hadn't come from them. But they're looking at that. They're laughing at us. Because they think they've got the power and they're controlling things. That's why now everything's switching to uh, global warming. They're going to get this world so good and so better. Just like a feller told me one time as a deacon of the Baptist church, he said it's going to get better and better and better until we have a utopia. And then the Lord's going to come in and give a king. Listen, we can't straighten this world out. We're the ones that got it in the mess that it's in. And the only one that can straighten it out is the Lord. And the only way He can straighten that out is straighten me and you out. Uh, the church has contributed to all this. We haven't stood up back yonder when uh, things is going. We didn't stand up against the lottery. We didn't stand up against alcohol. We didn't stand up against drugs. We didn't stand up when they took Bible out of, out of the schoolhouse. We didn't stand up when they quit praying in the public. We didn't stand up when they took the Ten Commandments off the wall. There ought to be enough Christians in America to say, we ain't having that. Suppose I was a... Well, I don't really want to use this illustration, but I think it's about the best way I can do it. Suppose I was a businessman and uh, my job or my business uh, was a drunkard shop. What is that? A bootlegger shop? No, they'll call it a saloon. Beer joint. 
God forbid. But suppose I had a good business at my beer joint. And 10 or 15 Christians come down and got on one end of the building right outside it. And there's a preaching and a shouting and a praising God. You said, what would you do? I'd do like the businessmen do today. I'd go out and say, get out of here. We don't want you here. Get, 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 get. One man can run you off. Because he owns the property. One woman took prayer out of school. Bible reading out of school. You understand what I'm saying? If we speak up, we're idiots. But that's how it got in here. And we've lost it ever since. Well, they're looking for a utopia, but they won't get it. Let's go back to Isaiah. They think they're going to do it. They think, did you know Washington thinks today they're going to solve everything? They're going to pass a lot of bills and do a lot of stuff. They really think these, I, I say this, these folks are so blind. And they're cramming all this down our throats. They think we're the idiots. They, they think we're the nutcases. But we're not. Amen. I'm trying to help them. Listen, the best life I've ever had has been since I got saved. It's a glorious thing tonight to be birthed in the family of God. Now we're going back to Isaiah chapter 24. We're going to change the, the format just a little bit and show you something. In Isaiah 24, I don't have these pinned together so I can get to them quick. I have to hunt them just like you do. Uh, 24th chapter of the book of Isaiah, verse 13. The 24th chapter and verse number 13. The Bible said, When thus it shall be in the midst of the land, among the people there shall be as the shaking of an olive tree. Always in the Bible, olive tree means uh, Israel. He speaks of the olive trees. Olive tree, and as the gleaning grapes when the vintage is done. And God's talking about the uh, gathering together now of, of Israel. Now let's go to verse 21 and uh, 22 and 23 of that chapter. Isaiah 24, 21. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, which means God, shall punish the host of the high ones that are on high and the kings of the earth upon the earth. Now what are you getting here? There's going to come a time when God is going to judge the kings of the earth. I can't find He's ever done that except He's took one out and raised another up. There won't never be at the end but one king. And it'll be the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 22, And they shall be gathered together as prisoners are gathered in the pit, and shall be shut up in the prison, and after many days shall they be visited. Then the moon shall be confounded, and the sun ashamed, when the Lord of hosts shall reign in Mount Zion, which is Israel, and in Jerusalem, and before His ancients gloriously. God said they got the kingdoms of the earth right now, but there's going to come a time I'm going to judge them. Yeah. Is it plain enough to you? Now let's go a little bit further. Let's look now, and we'll wind up in the book of Revelation. 
When we go to Revelation, let's go tonight to chapter 11. In Revelation chapter 11, in the 11th chapter, the church has already been called out. They're in the very presence of God. The saints of God are. But in the 11th chapter of Revelation, I want us to look at verse number 15. The Bible said, And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, Look at this please. Look at it very carefully. The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ, and He shall reign forever and ever. Now technically, here's where He becomes king. But you'll see the proof of it in a minute. He's being crowned, he's not crowned yet, but he's the king. I've had people say, well, what about the marriage? Marriage of the Lamb, it'll be in heaven. What about the marriage supper? It'll be in heaven. When will he rule as king? When he comes back to this earth. I'll show you that in just a minute. People just try to warp it and twist it. Best thing to do is let the Word of God speak and quit worrying about these fellas that's trying to tell you about the mark of the beast and, and all that. Fella told me this morning before breakfast, he said, The mark of the beast is not 666. I said, What is it? He said, It's six, uh, uh, three score and six and six. I said, mark that up. That's six, six, six. I said, it's mentioned four times in the Bible. He said, I didn't know that. He said, I didn't know what that three score was. I said, don't tell me what all that is when you don't know. Three score is three twenties. Which is 60, right? All right. Then it said... And the four and twenty elders. I'm not going to get into that. I'll open another can of worms and everybody will be on me. Which sat before God on their seats. I know what it is. Fell upon their faces and worshipped God. Now this is the saints of God in heaven. Amen. Saying that. Saying we give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty. Devil don't do that. Do that. Which art and wast and art to come because thou hast taken thee uh, taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. Taken thy great power. He's fixing to start ruling. And the nations were angry. And the, thy wrath is come. His wrath is come. This world's going to end up in. Now the saints of God are going out of here when the bride is finished. And thanks for abortion. I mentioned this while thanks to abortion. I don't thank God for an abortion anytime. But, but thanks to abortion, we're, we're getting the bride finished quicker. They don't realize that. Somebody said, you for abortion, I'm against abortion, 100%. That's murder. You ought to put ever, ever doctor and ever nurse and all them and take... In part in that, put them on death row and go ahead and get rid of them. He said, I wouldn't say that. Well, you don't have my position. You have my permission to preach that. 
All right, it said, And the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come, and the time of the dead that they should be judged. And that shouldest, and that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants, the prophets, and to the saints, and to them that, are, that fear thy name, small and great, and shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. He's just been initially placed in the kingship. You see that tonight? And so I look at it. Now, you study and read it when you get home, the 13th chapter of Revelation. You read the 14th chapter of the Revelation. And when you get to the 14th chapter, uh, you'll find some things taking place in verse 14, 14, 14, Revelation. And I looked and behold a white cloud. And upon the cloud one sat unto the, uh, like unto the Son of Man having on his head a golden crown and in his hand a sharp sickle. Why can he do that? He's been given the authority and the power. You said, he's got that power. But the Father is giving him this privilege. Judgment is of the Son. Did you know you are going to be judged by Jesus Christ? He's earned that position. And another angel came out of the temple crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, thrust in thy sickle and reap. For the time has come for thee to reap. For the harvest of the earth is ripe. What's he talking about? He's talking about the ungodly, the wicked, the uh, perverted, those who do not love God, do not know God. He's saying to them now, it's time to reap the harvest. It's not time tonight, but the time is coming. I could read some more of that, but we won't. We find that that's the Lord. Now, read chapter number uh, 15, 16, 17, and 18, and you'll find that this earth is in a turmoil. The devil himself is wanting to place himself as the king, and he's going to have his rule for a little while, but it's short lived. And then we find in Revelation chapter 19 and verse number. Uh, let's look at verse number 7. And we're going to look at this. We talked about this this morning. He says here, chapter 19, verse uh, 1 through 6, he's talking about the four hallelujahs. Amen. They're in heaven shouting the victory. But in verse 7, let us be glad and rejoice and give him give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. We preached on that this morning. And you remember what I said this morning, and take it to heart. We, the church, is classified the bride of Christ. Technically, we are already the bride of Christ, but is not legitimate yet. Because I hadn't been to the wedding. And you ain't been to the wedding. We ain't had a marriage supper yet. But we're going to have a marriage supper. I hear preachers say what we're going to do is we're going to uh, we'll come to the earth and be married. Not according to my Bible. He said, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to Him for the marriage of the Lamb is come. It's going to be time for the marriage. And his wife hath made herself ready. I told you how what that means today, this morning. We've got to trust and by faith believe Christ 
That's all we got to do. But you say we're not perfect enough. Nobody in here, nobody in here is qualified to go to heaven tonight in the condition we're in. We're saved by the grace of God. But God won't let nothing but righteousness get into glory. We're not 100% righteous. We have a little bit of righteousness when we want to. So the Lord is sanctifying us, cleansing us up, cleaning us up to the place He's going to make us without a spot and without a blemish. And when we're put on display in glory, we're going to shout, uh, to the high heavens, that's where we'll be, saying, thank God He hath washed us and cleansed us and brought us to a country. And all i done was just trust Him. Now, I, you can't hardly contain me now down here. Just wait to get it gets on over there. Amen. I like it. And then I read on a little bit more and it says here, and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen. That'll take care of the dress proposition to the church too. I've had to fight dress codes for 50 something years. I'll be glad when I lay my Bible down and don't have to tell people what you can wear and can't wear. What you should wear and should not wear. Amen. You won't have to wonder if we're coming to church in a bikini. Coming to church in a Short dress, coming in the, in the house of God, half naked. You just think about it. We'll all have a robe in glory. It'll be pure and white. <laughs> glory to God. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. White represents purity. P-U-R-I-T-Y. You know why women wear a white dress coming down the aisle? Most of them shouldn't. Because it stands for purity. For the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And he saith unto me, Right blessed are they which are called under the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me. See here we're talking about the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me. These are the true sayings of God. Notice what John done. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me. See thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant. And of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And then he's going to get the horses. Put the saints of God that he's already picked up and took the glory and done judged us and married us and had a supper with us and bring us back to glory. Let me tell you something. I'm going to throw this in tonight. I'm quitting. Didn't get no shouts. Guess what? The Bible said we're kings and priests in Revelation chapter 1. What are we going to do? What's the saints of God going to do? The church? I'll tell you what it's going to do. It's going to rule and reign. The whole world can't be in Jerusalem. The kings of the earth are going to Jerusalem. And that's where He's going to judge them and put them down 
And they won't have no authorship anymore. And God's going to place the saints of God like you and me. I don't have time to give you all the scriptures, but I'm going to preach it. You know what? We're going to rule and reign upon this earth with Christ. Now, I, did, I told you this this morning. God, I don't know where I told. I, I taught something in Sunday school and something different in the congregation. And I don't know when I said this, but I didn't get all of it. God made Adam out of the dust of the ground. Adam needed nothing. God gave him a perfect environment. He gave him perfect food. The herb of the field. And all that. But there was something missing in Adam's life. He was spiritually blessed. Because God walked with him in the cool of the day. Couldn't be no better than that than walking with God every day. But Adam had a desire for the flesh. And God knew what it was. And it caused a deep sleep to come on Adam. And God took a rib and made a woman. And that was to satisfy Adam's flesh. And he called her a help meet. I hear preachers get up and say, woman's a helpmate. A woman wasn't made for a man's toy. She was made to love and honor and cherish. You said, man ain't supposed to honor a woman. Oh, he is. If you don't honor a woman, your prayers won't get any. Don't, don't pray. Don't pray. That's in Peter. That's right. Now, they had a perfect union. Everything they needed in the world to satisfy them. And everything they need in the flesh to satisfy them. But the serpent showed up. He didn't come to Adam. He came to Eve. Because he was a wicked outfit. Still is. We embrace him most of the time. Can't recognize him when we should. We don't fight him like we ought to. We give in to him. All right. Eve took the fruit and gave it to Adam. And Adam eat it. Eve was in the, in the transgression, not Adam. But he eat the fruit because he loved her and he knew there would be a separation. Sin entered in. We've been in trouble ever since. God had already planned that, or not planned it, but knew that was going to happen for you. And he sent his son to die for it, for you and me. Well, here's a good thing, and I want to put this to you tonight. And I'll let you put that in your pipe and smoke it. And then you, is it, what, what is that? What they used to say about them old chickens? Put that in your crawl. Remember that, old country boys? God said, I'm going to give my son, I'm going to give him a bride. 
And Jesus, out of the side of his body on the cross of Calvary, I've always said this, when that soldier pierced his side and forthwith came out blood and water. I believe that's where the bride of Christ come from, which is the church, if you will. And that is the physical side of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, some of them looked at this this morning. I don't know where I taught all this in Sunday school or the preaching, but whatever. I've had it. I went on some of it. And I'm looking at this tonight. And what's going to happen is Christ has made the church. He's paid for us, bought us, saved us, sanctified us, cleansed us, set us apart, made us pure and perfect so that we will not be able to bring Him down. And we'll be His bride forever. And we will glorify. Somebody said, what about my husband, my wife? If you've got a husband or wife in glory, just shout and praise God. She won't be your husband, your wife or your husband. He won't when you get to glory because we won't have a husband and wife in glory. Marrying and giving in marriage, He ain't even going to give you that opportunity. You're going to be married to Him. You said, well, how everybody going to How's everybody going to multiply? Give me a verse in Scripture, the Bible, that we go into heaven to multiply. We was talking about this at dinner. You mean we're going to be married to Jesus? That's absolutely right. Men are going to marry Jesus. Women are going to marry Jesus. We just read it tonight. Right here's the saints of God. Ain't that against Ain't God, don't He have a body? No, the Lord Jesus does. And the angels are in a masculine gender. Yep, I realize that. But He said all of us are going to have a body like unto the Son of God. Ain't going to be no kind of life like that in glory. What's... Heaven, oh, he, I'd tell this to the Muslims tonight and they'd get upset because they think they're going to get 70 virgins. Bad, bad, bad for them. We're not going to heaven to marry and raise children. That was a curse. Amen. And don't get me wrong. Somebody asked me this morning and said, if if Eve and Adam hadn't sinned, would they still had children? I said, yeah, but it wouldn't have been no pain. It wouldn't have been no tribulation. The seven years of tribulation from 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19. Seven years. And kids, they'd have been perfect little angels. Because we're under curse. Curse will be lifted. I'm just going to quit. If I don't, I'll just keep a going. And y'all done tired. God bless you. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Thank God tonight for the Word of God.
You said, what's going to happen in heaven? I'm going to love Christ like He's wanted man to love Him for ceaseless ages. What's He going to do? He's going to love us like He's always loved us. And we're just going to have a great big love affair and glorify God. And we're not going to try to satisfy no flesh. What we're going to do is glorify Him and give Him honor and praise 24-7. And God will take out the light and the, the sun will be in the daytime and there won't be no night. And we'll do it for the ceaseless ages. We'll be praising God. Hallelujah. Father, touch hearts tonight. Thank you, Lord, for the Word of God, how real it is, how much it means to us. Lord, thank you for these things you show us. We praise your name. Lord, we're glad that we one day trusted you. But we thank you, Lord, that you sent an old gospel preacher down to our side of the track. And that old preacher preached his heart out. And we went down the aisle and called upon your name. You saved us by your grace. You've kept us by your power up to this point. Lord, we know you're going to keep us the rest of the way. Thank you for the word of God that comforts and strengthens. Touch this people, what they face tomorrow and the next day. You'll strengthen them and give them grace to stand. And we'll give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name we ask it all. Amen and amen.